Welcome to the Holy Cross Sermon Podcast. This whole year we're exploring the life and teachings of Jesus in the book of Luke. We're in a series called Kingdom Life. We are looking at how Jesus taught believers to live. Join us now as we dive into another passage. Let's pray for a moment. Lord, thank you this morning. As we come to the scriptures, we do adore you. Lord, we invite you to fill us now. Come Holy Spirit. Fill this space, fill our minds, fill our hearts, fill my words, open your text that we might see Jesus, for we pray in his name. Amen. Well, um, good morning, everybody. It's good to see you, um, sort of. I don't mean it's sort of good to see you. I mean, I can sort of see you, which is why uh, I left my glasses, so Trevor is is doing the liturgy today. I can see up close, and I mostly can see you out there, but I'd have trouble reading the screen this morning. So thank you, Trevor, for bailing me out, as you so often do. Well, we're, we're continuing our journey through the Gospel of Luke. That shouldn't surprise you. We're currently looking at kingdom life, what it means to live as Christ's followers, as his disciples, Uh, You might say what it is to live as kingdom citizens or citizens of God's kingdom in the midst of this world. The past few weeks, we've seen that forgiveness is it's got to be central in our lives as his followers. And the reason for that is that we hurt one another. We offend one another. And so we've got to learn how to live together as people of the cross. We've seen also that uh, Faith plays a role in our lives. It's not that we have to have great faith. We have to have faith in our great God. And of course, last week, we heard about the way that grace always leads to a life of gratitude. And today, Jesus is going to help us deal with the issue of worry. Everybody say worry. Now, let me just see a show of hands. Raise your hand if you've never worried. How about this year? Has anybody ever worried at any point this year? The answer, of course, is, of course you have, right? At some point, maybe you're not so worried anymore, but I guarantee at some point you were. Worry is common to us all. It's just part of what we deal with, and it robs us of peace. It robs us of joy, and it tends to make us miserable. It has this way Uh, of making others miserable too, right? Because worry is something that we often share or perhaps dump on the people around us. A friend of mine got an email from his sister. The email said this, start worrying now, I'll send details later. (laughs) She was trying to offload something on him and didn't have time to tell him what it was. It was worry. And of course, we worry about all sorts of things, right? We worry about our health and our relationships, our jobs, our kids, our grandkids, our parents, our financial problems. We worry about the past. We worry about the future. We worry when things change. We worry when things don't change. Now, in the gospel today, in Luke 12, Jesus is talking about worry. Now, specifically in relation to our financial lives. He's talking about worrying about provision, worrying about our material needs, worrying about money. Now, most of us are prone to worry about money. If we don't have enough, we worry about how we're going to get it. And then when we have plenty, we worry about how we're going to keep it. Will it last? How do we get more? 
The market goes up, we're elated. If it goes down, well, we go down with it. Property values are high, we're ecstatic. When they're low, we're terrified. Will we have enough for our kids to go to college? Will we have enough to retire? And then once retired, will we have enough to make it? Now, as Jesus talks about worry and money, we're going to see two things. Very simple today. We're going to see this. First, the senselessness. Everybody say senselessness. I know that's a mouthful, isn't it? The senselessness of worrying about money. And the second thing we're going to see is the solution for worrying about money. Now, the solution will involve a two-step process. So it's very practical and very simple, but not necessarily easy. So a two-step process, simple, but not necessarily easy. First, Jesus says it is senseless to worry about money. Verse 22, And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you'll eat, nor about your body, what you'll put on, for life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Jesus says basically, don't get wrapped up in worrying about whether you're going to have all you need. Don't get lost worrying about whether you'll have enough. Don't freak out about how much money you have because this is a drain on your life. It's just a straight-up admonition. There's no fluff around this at this point. He just tells us, just don't worry, y'all. He didn't put the y'all in there, I did. And then he gives two examples. He says, God provides food for the ravens, clothing for the lilies, and he asks the question, how much more valuable are you than birds and flowers? And the answer is, much more, right? A lot more, entirely more. Then in verse 25, he asks, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his or her life? And the answer is, no one. Real simple, right? Very straight up today. No one can actually add an hour to their life by worrying. And in fact, the opposite is actually true. Medical science has shown us that chemicals circulate in our bodies when we are worried or stressed out, and particularly over a prolonged period of time, they can start to have a toxic effect upon us. Our glands, our nervous system, our heart, worry can lead to heart attacks, increased risk of strokes, ulcers, GI problems, muscle tension. Anybody got tension? Right? TMJ can affect our mental health as well as leading to panic disorder, anxiety disorder, depression, addiction, obsessive compulsion disorder, even suicide. So by worrying, we may actually cut off hours from our lives. Now, Jesus doesn't let up there. He presses his point about the senselessness of worry by pointing out that worry is an activity that the pagan world participates in. Verse 29. And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried for all the nations, that's the pagan nations of the world, seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. In other words, it makes sense for non-Christians to worry. People who don't know God should worry about just about everything, especially money, because they have no assurance that God will care for them. No relationship, no salvation, no indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But in contrast, worry is an oxymoron, if 
you will, for Christians. A worried Christian is an oxymoron. Because we have a Heavenly Father who loves us and cares for us. He has infinite power and He has infinite ability to meet our needs as well as a complete knowledge of what our needs actually are. And that is where the solution for worrying about money and frankly everything else lies. So the first step of the solution, right? The first step of the solution for worrying about money is to shift. Everybody say shift. To shift your heart's focus by seeking. I got a lot of S's today. Senseless solution, shift, seek. Shift your heart's focus by seeking the kingdom of God. Jesus said, your father knows. When I was baptized in the Holy Spirit many years ago, came a few years after my conversion to Christ, when the Holy Spirit filled me and empowered me for ministry. I was not a priest, by the way, just a regular old guy. When he filled me with power and life, the first thing I heard the Lord speak to my heart, the first words I'd ever really heard him say, you are a child of the light. You are a son of the Father. A son. Relationship of a father who cares, who knows, who loves. And I've got to tell you, it's that reality of God's good fatherhood toward me that has sustained me no matter what I face in this life. It hasn't been all easy, and he never promises that it will. In fact, often we are taken through trials and difficulties because it tests our faith. It grows perseverance within us. It often grows us up in maturity in Christ. But undergirding all of that, whenever the worries have come, whenever the fears have come, is the rock-solid truth within me that my Father knows. And your Father knows you too. He knows and He cares. He loves you. So you begin to shift your heart's focus and to seek His kingdom. Verse 31, Jesus says, So instead, instead of worrying about money, seek His kingdom and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now, I read about a pastor who was on a cross-country flight. It was real normal for a while. And then, as so often happens, eventually the fasten your seatbelt uh, little light came on. And not too long after that, you know, the pilot's voice came over the intercom and said, you know, we're expecting some turbulence. Please take your seats. The plane started to bump around a little bit. pastor noticed a few of the other... Um, people beginning to get, you know, kind of anxious, fidgeting around. A little bit later, uh, the voice, still peaceful but more firm, came over and said, we're expecting strong turbulence. You must fasten your seats now. Flight attendants. Now that's when you know there's turbulence coming. Flight attendants, take your seats immediately. And that's when the storm broke. Like you could hear the thunder even over the roar of the engines and lightning in the skies, and that big plane bounced around like a cork on the ocean. It would be taken up in these great drafts of air and then dropped down as though it were going to crash. People were terrified. This is what the pastor wrote. 
As I looked around the plane, I could see that nearly all the passengers were upset. They were alarmed. They were fearful. Some were praying even out loud. The future seemed ominous. Many were wondering if we would make it through the storm. And then suddenly, I saw a little girl. Apparently, the storm meant nothing to her. She had tucked her feet beneath her as she sat on her seat. She was reading a book, and everything within her small world was calm and orderly. Sometimes she closed her eyes, then she would read again. Then she would straighten her legs. But worry and fear were not in her world. Even though all the adults were scared half to death, that marvelous child was completely composed and unafraid. I could hardly believe my eyes. So when the plane finally landed and everybody, you know, disembarks, stressed out, you know, the adrenaline's coming down and they're all pale as can, can be, the pastor decided that he would go speak to the girl. And he asked her point blank, you seem so calm, why weren't you worried? And she replied, because my daddy's the pilot and he's taking me home. Jesus tells us that the solution for worrying about money is to recognize that your father is the pilot. He's in control. He understands. He's never surprised. He's the Lord, the King, and he's taking you safely home. And yet, if we're honest, many of us still worry. I can remember in college, I think I was in a psychology class, we were participating in you know, these sort of uh, experiments in the class, and, and one of them was to try to put something out of your mind. And so what they would do is they'd tell you a phrase and they'd say, put it out of your mind. So let, let's, just, let's do a little experiment this morning, okay? I'm going to give you a phrase, and I'll say it a few times. Close your eyes. Just trust me, okay? It'll help you to, to, to pay attention. And I'm going to say a phrase a couple of times, and then we're going to wait for like 20 or 30 seconds. And during that silence, I want you to put it out of your mind, okay? Red car. Red car. Red car. Look at that red car. Red car. And now silence. Red car. All right, open your eyes. For some of you, the more you try not to think about the red car, the more you actually thought about the red car. And those of you who were able to get it out of your mind probably did so by focusing on something else. Let's apply the text. When we're worried about money, when we're having anxious thoughts in general, okay, so this is specific to money, but it applies in all kinds of ways, our natural response is to stay focused on the worry. How many of you don't sleep very much? Because you're trying to solve some problem that's been going on in your life, some crisis you're dealing with. Often, you might be trying to figure out how you're going to have enough, provide, sleepless nights, stuck in your mind. Jesus says the solution for worrying about money, the cure for money, it's a worry about money, is to shift the focus away from it and to seek God's kingdom. We have to shift away and seek God's kingdom. Apostle Peter put it this way. He said, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. 
That's 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. The way to forget our worries is not to focus on them, but to shift our focus so that we concentrate on the goodness and the loving care of God, not on the problems that plague us. This is, of course, where the Word of God plays such a huge role in our lives. This is where the book of Psalms is an absolute bomb to the soul because it deals with all the gamut of human emotions and situations from betrayal to disappointment to stress to heartache to worry to worry about provision. If you need some help, um, get a prayer book. Prayer book is fantastic. Or download onto your phone the daily prayer app, okay? We use it in our staff uh, for our staff prayer time, and it's been particularly great over Zoom because we all can be together in a very simple way, but it's got a whole cycle of prayer. And so instead of just focusing on the worry, we shift the focus and we seek the kingdom. We do that through the word. We do that through prayer. We do that really by preaching the gospel to our own hearts, reminding ourselves of God's faithfulness in the past, God's promise of the future, God's trustworthiness. He's proven his love for us completely and fully by going to the cross, by rising from the dead, by giving us the Holy Spirit. So that's the first step of the solution, and it's mostly internal. It's senseless to worry, but there is a solution Shift your focus and seek. That's the first step, but that's an internal. The second step is external. The second step is to sacrifice. Everybody say sacrifice. Verse 33, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, don't misinterpret this as a command to sell everything. Jesus told one guy to do that in the Bible. The Bible understands, like we live in the real world, right? We live in a tangible world. It never says or thinks that we won't have possessions. That's why Jesus talked about them so much. What he's showing us and what he's trying to help us to be sure of is that our possessions don't possess us and specifically our hearts. You know, everybody say faith involves action. It does. Now, you don't have to act to believe Jesus is Lord. You receive it by faith, right? But faith always acts. You don't believe me, go read Hebrews chapter 11. It's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. It's called the Hall of Fame or the Hall of Faith. And it's all about people who believed God and then acted based upon God's word to them, what he told them to do. So-and-so had faith and, and then it tells you whatever they did. So-and-so believed God and then tells you whatever they did, how they acted upon the faith that they had in what God said to them. So Jesus is doing the same thing here. He's counseling action, but what he's counseling is opposite action. If you're worried, you won't have enough. Instead of hoarding it and trusting in the amount Trust God and give it away. Make a sacrifice. 
And that's actually how many of us are fully converted along the way. Now, I'm not saying that you make a sacrifice or you add to the sacrifice of the cross. I'm not saying that you can work for your salvation. If you've been here long enough, you know, like, we're all about grace. It is by grace you are saved through faith. It's a gift from God. You can't earn it. And yet, there's action in our faith lives. And in this case, sacrifice, the sacrifice of giving and conversion actually often happens for many people through their giving. It's amazing. Martin Luther said this, there are three conversions necessary. The conversion of the heart, right? Oh, I don't have to earn my righteousness anymore. I can rest in the cross of Christ. The conversion of the mind, your mind, your thinking changes over time as the word of God washes you and reorients you to the ways of God's kingdom. But then he said the third conversion is the conversion of the purse, or in the case of you guys, the conversion of the wallet. And Luther went on to say that of these three, the conversion of the purse often proves to be the most difficult. Now, I can tell you that many times over the years, I've talked with people who've come to me anxious about their stuff, their finances, worried about money. And often those same people are lacking in a clearly tangible relationship with the Lord. They believe, probably been a Christian most of their lives, but there's no tangibleness to it. And so invariably, as we're talking through the worry, as we're talking through the anxiety, particularly around finances, I will ask them the question, do you tithe? And they usually say, yeah, I give a little. And, and I push in because, you know, I'm kind of like that. I'll say, have you believed the biblical admonition to generosity by trusting God with the first 10% of your income? You know, when it comes to money, you don't want to leave too much room for, you know, loopholes and gaps. The biblical ad- admonition to generosity by trusting God with a tithe, a 10% of your income. And that's usually when they say, not really. And it's usually sheepish, like they want to get out of my office at that point. And then my next question is, well, how's that working for you? Are you anxious? Yes. Well, why not try something different? Why not try what God has pointed us to? Why not see if his ways actually work? And so what I learned from my friend John was to do the the quarter challenge. Trust God with a tithe and do it for three months and see what happens. But you start by talking to him about your worry, your anxiety, your fear, your, your pretty much certainty that it won't work, but that you're going to take a step and try it. And in the course of that quarter, that three-month period, see what happens. doesn't work, then stop. Test me on this, the Lord says. Now, you don't want to be like the little boy whose father gave him $2 and said, you can do anything you want with one of the dollars, but the other dollar belongs to God. And as the boy joyfully skipped his way to the candy store, he fell and one of the dollars went down the drain. He looked up and he said, well, sorry, God, that was your dollar. (laughs) Give to God first, and then you'll see how the rest comes. It's the way it works. See, it's a step of faith. It's an action. 
that you actually do in response to what God has said. I can tell you, and I look down right now, there are people in this room who I've had this conversation with, and they've tried it. I don't want to look at anybody because then you might go, oh, it was her or him, right? They, they've tried it, and they actually now have peace and joy. And they're not as anxious. And they know when they're anxious what to do about it. That's it. Very simple, but not necessarily easy. Jesus says it's senseless. Everybody say senseless. It's senseless to worry about money. And he says the solution, everybody say solution. The solution is a a two-step process. Shift, say shift. And seek, those two are one and the same. Shift and seek, and then make a sacrifice. When you do this, you're not going to have to worry. Because what happens is you begin to put your treasure where you want your heart to actually be, in heaven. And you begin to find your life living open to the Lord in ways you never had before. You begin to find out when the worry comes, and it'll come back, you actually know what to do with it. You actually know how to handle it so that you're not handling it on your own and ending up overburdened in the middle of the night, completely lost. Instead, Jesus says, you'll be secure. Let's pray. Well, Lord, we thank you today as we go through kingdom life that you are very practical, that you deal with life as it is and where we live it, not in some airy-fairy way. And yet your power comes and it's tangible and real. And so, Lord, we simply acknowledge before you those places where we've been anxious, worried, especially this morning, those places where we've been worried about money. We invite you into it. We pray, Lord, you would lead us to trust you, that our Father cares, that you know, that you're aware, that you see and you're not surprised. And Lord, as we step out, meet us in the midst of our stepping, that we might be secure. We pray, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.